0: So, I've got three index cards. When you see the third index card go in my pocket, that's a good sign. Because, uh, but I, as Ian shared, Seth's up in uh, South Dakota, uh, taking some much needed relaxed time. Although, then I look over here and Jacqueline, for those of you, Jacqueline is Seth's wife who just delivered their fifth child a month ago, and her husband has left her for... (laughs) So actually, it's Jacqueline that actually probably needs the vacation. Seth, I know you're probably watching this video at some point, so you're welcome. I, uh, if this is your first time visiting, Seth is obviously the pastor of the dwelling, so you'll have to come back. Uh, I'm actually—I was sharing this with a couple earlier. I'm actually the fifth or sixth string person. Seth said, "Well, you're like the fifth or sixth person I'm asking." And so it's like, you're listening to the fifth or sixth string preacher, and I'm, I'm not really the pre, I'm not a preacher, okay, I, I call myself more of a participatory teacher, um, and so I, I like for you to engage with me, okay, so I don't just want to preach, I actually want you guys to, I get my energy from you, and I hope you get my, uh, get energy from me, and if that happens, then we'll keep getting better and better. But if it doesn't happen, it's, it kind of gets really slow. And, I, and I, n- none of us want that to happen. So uh, <laughs> thank you. I love that. I love you. So I actually just want to start by actually showing a YouTube video. The, this, uh, not, not yet, though. Not yet, though. Not yet, though. Uh, let me set it up first. Uh, and so this is actually a five-minute, five-minute YouTube video. I'm cutting, I'm cutting it down to about two minutes. But this is, uh, it's actually a self-made uh, video from uh, from Pen Gillette. Anybody know who that is? Who, who's Pen Gillette? See, this is the participatory part. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a, he's a he's a magician. Okay, uh, pen and teller. Uh, yeah, you've, you've heard of him. And so this is actually a video that he shot. So it's not a, it's not a uh, <laughs> when you see it, it's not a professionally done, it's him on his phone talking to his phone, right? And he's, and he's sharing a little bit about an encounter he had with a Christian after one of his, a Christian businessman after one of his shows. Penn Teller to this day is a pronounced atheist, okay? And so I just want to set the stage, roll them.
1: I wanna to talk to you about this. Uh I get home from the show, and at the end of the show, uh, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we uh we talk to folks and you know sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big guy, probably about my age. Big guy. And um he had been the, um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so we had the props from that in his hand because we'd give those away. He had the the joke book and the, and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, uh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said... Um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show, and I liked it, I wanted, and he was very complimentary about my use of language, and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff, no reason to go into it, but he said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon Pocket Edition um, I thought I said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament, little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, "I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this." I'm kind of uh, proselytizing, and then he said, "I'm a businessman." getting eternal life or whatever and you think that uh, well it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward and atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize just leave me alone keep your religion to yourself Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize how much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This
0: guy was a really good guy. So what's your reaction to the video? What 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 encouraging? And I just want to say that yeah, I mean, you can't you to humble yourself and let the Holy Spirit for what are waiting for Yeah, so yeah, be be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't force it, be sincere, uh, be real. Um, what other reactions as you as you saw that video? What really Oh. Oh. I believe he saw no, the love, true love which God has. And he says, God says, God says, the love that draws
1: them him, He
0: didn't have to say anything except to represent love. Nope. There you go. Right, they, they, they don't see real people. They don't see the love of God. They see judgment or whatever. For me, what really... Oh, Gary, you go ahead. Yeah, I, I kind of got the feeling that he was really
1: thinking about after the of yeah, there, there were
0: certainly some seeds planted. Yeah. What really struck me is, you know, if we, if we have this gift of eternal life and we don't share it, how much do you have to really hate somebody to do that. I mean that really sunk in for me. Is how much do I have to really hate somebody for me not to share? Um, you know, because fear's a liar. We, and that a lot of times that was what keeps me from sharing is that fear. But man, we got we got good news. I loved his analogy. Well, if a truck was coming, would you do something? Probably. Um, so so yeah, that when I first saw that, it was like, Boom. So I do, I do have three scriptures I want to share here's the first one it 's out of Nehemiah and i 'm going to ask us to read it together. Um, so Nehemiah is in this is Old Testament, and by the way, Psalms is not in the New Testament, no matter what Penn says, uh, it actually is in the Old Testament as, as is nehemiah it 's in, in between Ezra and Esther but uh, so this is, this is Nehemiah actually speaking here. So let's read it together. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for the days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. I'm going to hold up right there. And so even as as Christians today, we have a responsibility to pray for those people, okay, that, and this, and Susan will tell you, God's working on my heart big time around traffic, and he's actually been doing this for like a year, Um, I can get really wound up around somebody about traffic for lots of reasons, Um, but they, God's putting this, he's not, Susan will tell you, he's not done a complete work in me yet, (laughs) But he's he's making me more open to the mistakes, the judgments I will make for people. We're called, Nehemiah was called for his nation of Israel. The context is this king that he's working for just took over their country. And he's actually working for this king, which we'll get to. But he's praying for the people of this land. It's easy for us when you look at Facebook or whatever social media you look at, or the news. It's easy for us to judge our country. My challenge to me, to, to us, to me, and to you is: Are we praying as much as we are judging for our country? Uh, so let's keep reading. Even I, in my father's house, have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you, and have not kept the commandments to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have deemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today. And grant him mercy in the sight of this man. In the sight of this man, he's about to go talk to the king. Okay, this is the king of Persia. Nehemiah at this point is the cupbearer for the king. You know what? You don't. You don't see very many uh, job applications for cupbearers nowadays. But anybody know what the cupbearer's role was? Worked for the king. Pretty cush job. Say again? Yeah, taste, taste the food before the king gets it, which sounds like. Hey, sign me up for that. You know why you're tasting the food before the king gets it? Because if it was poison, you'd be the first to go, and the king wouldn't get it, okay? And so here's Nehemiah, an Israelite, a slave for the king that's got this cupbearer's job, and he's about to go to this man, the king, and ask him, Hey, would you let me go back and build my city of Jerusalem. Would you let me do that? And he's scared out of his wits because he doesn't think that's going to go very well. I think sometimes we have to have our heart broken for those disconnected from the church, disconnected from Jesus, because how much do we have to hate somebody not to share that with them? Um, Sometimes I think we have to have our, our heart broken. What do you think breaks God's heart? Not not doing what, what we know that he'd want us to do. Disconnected people, God, that that guy right there, God loves that guy right there, you know, um, and uh, no matter what I think, God God loves that guy or gal, uh, yeah. So what else breaks his heart? Lying. Yeah, being the way this broken world, you know, our sinfulness, it breaks his heart, which is why Jesus came to live the perfect life, to die, rose again, and then ascended into heaven for you and for me and for everybody that's going up and down that highway. What breaks our heart? Well, the Astros lost. Well, the Texans lost for the sixth time in a row. What else breaks our heart? Maybe if a family member's sick or struggling. What else breaks your heart? Okay, so, yeah. So, those struggles within the family. So, what about your neighbor? What's going on with your neighbor? Is that... I was like, "Eh, I'm not sure I even know my neighbor's name. I know that one. You know, I kind of know that. Well... Maybe to Penn's point, <laughs> is how much do we have to hate somebody? Um, well, you'd say oh, I don't hate my neighbor. Uh, uh, it's an opportunity to, to, to engage with you know with them. Is opportunity? Every day we have opportunities to disconnect or to connect with disconnected people in a in a loving, honest, be real kind of way. For sure. (laughs) Uh, So, why does why do we as the church? Why does the dwelling exist? What's our purpose? What's our mission? Gather and go. Yep. So we 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 that's actually our strategy and our vision. uh, And I'm going to touch on that. And our but our mission is 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 help move people that are disconnected to become disciples. And so disconnected from Jesus, disconnected from the church. Uh, So we get the disconnected part. uh, What's a a disciple of Jesus? So we're moving from this, because sometimes we're disconnected, right? So it's not them. It really is us. So what's a disciple? What's a disciple of Jesus? So moving from disconnected to disciple, what's a disciple? A leader, a follower, a believer? Someone who draws their sustenance okay. so, from Jesus instead of from sin. Draws our sustenance from Jesus instead of sin. That's yeah, a good quote. Uh, yeah, it's, it's my simple definition it, it's an active follower of Jesus. And the most key word there is active. So, how, how are we active as disciples? wasn't a rhetorical question Uh, yeah so it really is so how how do we help move people from disconnected to disciple I would to Lisa's point I would start with praying for them for sure praying for yourself if you're gonna have a conversation with them for sure Getting into God's, what's God's word say, you know, about this and that. And, um, so, which is, which is the, the strategy piece, which is the gather and go piece. You know, so we're gathering daily with my family in word and prayer. Um, I'm gathering weekly with a family of God. Uh, I'm gathering every other week in somebody else's home uh, and, and just growing together so that's kind of the feeding part so i'm gathering but i'm also going i'm going where i work where i live where i play where i worship there are people online could be people in this in this room right now that feel like i'm just disconnected there's nobody there's nobody i i'm connecting with an opportunity for us. It really is. It really is. So I guess the question is, as a disciple, as an active follower of Jesus, because sometimes we hear the word disciple and we think, oh, well, those were the 12 apostles. You know, I could never measure up to them. You know who them were? Yeah, they, they were fishermen that, that were constantly, Jesus was saying, no, 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 no. Let me grab your heads one more time. <laughs> oh, that's not the way... And, and he does that with us, you know, at, at times as well. But it's just real people being real to real people. It's really sharing and being real to other people. So the next scripture I want to share is, is John 15, 1 through 10. And I'm going to ask you to do the same. Read it with me. So this, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I am the true vine... And my father is the vine dresser. Hold it right there. Go back to that one. So Jesus says, "I am the, the true vine." And my and so who's God? The vine dresser. What's a you don't see many applica, uh, job things for that anymore either. What's a vine dresser? He's the pruner. He's the person that takes care of the vine. So who's the vine dresser? God, the Father, is the vine dresser. Let's go on. Every branch in me, so this is Jesus speaking, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he who he takes away, who's taking it away? God's taken away from Jesus. Jesus didn't you know, bear fruit. There's this pruning going on in, in, with, with Jesus. I don't know if you've ever read this verse this way, but God's working in, why did Jesus spend so much time in prayer? Because his father was working through him as well. And yes, there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that whole Trinity thing. But every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you, disciples. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me and he, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, in my words, abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's the part we always, oh yeah, that's the, that's the one that's highlighted in my verse, not in my Bible, is ask whatever you want. Yeah, but what's, what's the condition? If, I, if I'm abiding in him and he's abiding in me, ask and it will be done for you. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. I don't have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it really is about abiding, it, abiding in Jesus. So I've got this, I got this picture that's coming up when the signal is, comes back up. It's actually a picture of a grapevine. I actually planted this grapevine like eight years ago. Because of this verse, because of this section of the Bible, because it was like, how can I, how can I, what's this thing about a vine, a grapevine? And so, so it looks a lot better in April, May, and June. This is this is how it looks today. Uh, and so, when I planted it, it was the size of a pen, a diameter of a pencil, and about a foot long. Okay, and that was seven years ago. And you'll notice it; it comes up, and then it kind of has these two. They're actually called. Heads. One goes left. One goes right. They go about 20. They go about 20 feet in each direction. Um, and then up above it, you can barely see it. There are these little twigs called, they're actually called cordon's, but I call them branches. Uh, so you have the main vine, and every every year, those little those little sticky things off the top get cut off every year. you cut them off. Why do you cut them off? So they'll, so they'll bear more fruit. And so it, the first year I did it, it was like, oh, man, I don't know. This feels painful. Um, and sure enough, in time, you get more fruit. The same concept. We don't get bind dressers. Um, we don't get a lot of what Jesus speaks here. Um, but, you know, as, as our, our, our faith in Christianity really is all about, Receiving from God, being connected to the vine, and then overflowing. See, kids, I told you I finally get to it. Overflowing to other people. Okay, but first we have to receive from God, and then we can, and then we can overflow. So I've got some assistants out there that are going to be distributing some cups. Okay, so I want everybody here to get a cup. All right. So I'm not going to make you be a cup bearer, um, but I do want you to have one of these plastic cups. So as you're getting your cup, who are the people that you're overflowing to? Who are the people you're pouring into um, in your life? Just think of who are those people that you're overflowing to? And if if nobody comes to mind... yeah yeah people people that you are overflowing to or you have overflowed to so this is, so again if we're supposed to receive from Jesus and overflow to other people here's one of the challenges that i think our human nature can get into is but what happens once i overflow well, if I'm not connected to the vine, I get wore out. I get empty. I am emptied. Um, however, if I, if I stay connected to and here's, I was having this conversation with my wife, Susan, yesterday. You know, I'd love to bring a water hose in here because it would be much more, you know, a water hose, you just, it's always flowing, right? But I didn't want to bring a water hose in here, and I was, didn't want to leak all over the floor. But, but can I get a, I need an adult volunteer, I need an adult volunteers. I'm not going to baptize you, I promise. I'm not going to baptize you. You've already been baptized. I'm not going to get you wet. I just, I need your help because I don't have four hands, okay? So, participatory, remember? Okay, okay, come on up, Annette, thank you. So, this represents... You're not going to hit me, are you? I am not going to hit you. Oh, uh, <laughs> Can, can you, can you, I need a stronger volunteer. Okay. Come on, Kendall. have two volunteers. So fill me up. So again, as I receive from the Holy Spirit and receive from the Holy Spirit, keep going. Don't stop. Don't be shy. Now I overflow. But what, you no, what you'll notice is a lot of times when I want to overflow, I kind of want to overflow in this direction. Because that's what I think that person needs. But if you really see how God works, he kind of overflows in all kinds of directions. Which then for this person, thank you. Are we done? Yes, you're, you're done. Please get me out of here. Oh, thank you for volunteering. Oh, but <laughs> so, but, when, but when, we, when, when God overflows, he's kind of overflowing all around us. And and we can pour into these people in ways that we don't really plan. Okay? We really don't. What happens is we think, well, I'm going to pour into them and I'm going to help them. I'm going to do this. for. I'm going to do whatever. But you know what really is also happening? Because that's true. That's, That's not false. But you know what also is happening to you? Go ahead, Lisa, say it. Yeah, 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 as we pour out, more gets poured in, okay, if we're receiving, okay, if we're, if we're actually opening ourselves up to receive, we actually get poured out, we get filled up. Um, so a couple questions for us, and I got to read these because I don't have them memorized either, is, so do we rush through our quiet time with Jesus to get to the more important things of the day? I'm speaking to me as much as I'm speaking to you. Do I even spend time with Jesus in prayer and in the Bible? By the way, there is a Bible reading plan online. If it's like, hey, yeah, but I don't have the tools. Well, um, there's an opportunity. Do I spend intimate time with him? Or do I spend, hey, Jesus, i got five minutes reserved for you in the morning, and I've got 15 minutes reserved for you at night. Um, and I'm, None of that's bad, okay? But as we grow to be active followers of Jesus, I think he wants us to, to grow in him. And the way we grow, as Lisa said, is through prayer and by getting into his word. So I encourage, the, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, because I would be pointing the finger at me, is get into God's Word. It's, it, it, it really is filling. And if, it, and if it's like, yeah, but I don't understand it, get with some folks that have kind of been on that journey. Uh, I get, start with the Bible reading plan. Uh, it's a great place, to, great place to start. But Jesus says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Okay, Which I guess if we took that in, 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 in reverse, if you don't abide in me, it's hard for him to abide in us. It's hard for him to fill us up if we don't open ourselves up. So, so as Christians, overflowing <laughs> and serving others is important because it does help us to grow as much as it does the, the people that we think we're, we're trying to help. Um, I know for me, I have so many rough edges. And you know what? You do too. And you know what? Jesus has saved you if you've accepted him. And if he hasn't, there may be some atheists in this room or online or agnostics, and that's fine. Let's engage. Let's have those conversations. But he's rubbing rough edges off of all of us, if we'll let him. But it's not always Comfortable at times, and it can be—it it can be a little scary, but it's also very exciting. It can be very, very, very exciting. So again, we've got to receive from the vine before we can effectively overflow to other other people. So the last scripture uh, verse, yes, finally, um, comes from Matthew 28, and it's—it's it's one that you know probably. If you don't, if you're new to scripture, that's—that's that's fine. Uh, just to set the context, Jesus lived a perfect life, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. And this is right before the last part of that creed. So he spent six weeks ascended, six weeks hanging out with hundreds of people um, in his resurrected body, which is a great sign for us because that means we get one too. Um, so this is right before he ascends to heaven. He's talking to his disciples. His last words to them before he, he goes up is this uh, Matthew 18 through 20. Let's read them together. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Hold that slide right there, because the most important part is we get the, yeah, I need to go make disciples, and yeah, we need to baptize, and yeah, we need to teach. But what's the last sentence that Jesus is saying to them? I am with you to the end of time. I am with you. I am filling. I am open to feel you. I want to feel you to overflowing till the end of time, if you'll let me. Um, we, we don't have a God that just overpowers us and is going to make us, except he doesn't. He said, hey, I'm here when you're ready. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times my agenda kind of kind of gets in the way. Let's pray. So Lord, help us to openly receive from you. Lord, and I, I pray this not in a way that, you know, that is overbearing for people, but Lord, that you would just take us to the next step. Because even through your Holy Spirit, just, you'll take us by the hand if we'll just raise our hand and say, Lord, help me. I don't even know how to pray. Lord, help me. I don't understand the the Bible. Lord, help us as we grow in you. Lord, I thank you for the way that you do care for us. Jesus, that you have done the, the heavy lifting for us. Lord, that you do want to have that relationship deeper and deeper and deeper each day. We give you praise and glory for all that you do, for all that you have done, and all that you will do. In Jesus' name.